0: Hello, and a very happy Christmas to you. My name is Matthew Horspool and welcome to this episode of BrailleCast Extra, entitled Braille into Christmas, a recording of the final masterclass of 2023, which took place on Tuesday, the 19th of December. We're going to be talking about Christmas cards, Christmas presents, and all sorts of other exciting Christmas things, and how we can fit Braille into our Christmas routines. Braille and Christmas. Do they have a lot in common? Well, I don't know, but we're going to find out this evening. And joining us to explore that topic is Melanie Pritchard and Chantel Griffiths, both of whom are key to the running of our Braille for Beginners course. And uh, so without further ado, I'm going to pass on to them and they are going to do a bit of a presentation, I think. And then very quickly, we will get into audience interaction. So uh, when we're ready for that, I'll come back and tell you how to raise hands. But for now, Here's Mel and Chantel.
1: Hi, Matthew. And yes, I'll make a start then, Matthew. Uh, Welcome to everyone. Um, It's a very informal session, I think, this evening. And I do hope, yes, that we will have lots of time for some um, audience participation, because uh, although I'm going to be looking at uh, ways of using Braille uh, to help me with my Christmas preparations or the way I generally use it and have various ways to um, discuss Everybody uses brown in different ways and finds a different and exciting uses for it. And I'm sure all of you have your own suggestions, um, which may well be completely different to mine. So and and Sean will have plenty for us, too. Um, So if I make a start, um, Christmas cards have to start somewhere. Now, I don't think I send and receive Um, as many cards as I used to, but even so, I still send them. I'm a bit mean to pay for the stamps these days, because my goodness, they've gone up. But, you know, we still have to send uh, certain ones. And I do find Braille um, useful, even for the people that uh, don't read Braille, um, I still have, you know, my list of the people I send to that's in Braille, the list of people I received cards from last year and the year before, so that I can actually have a little look through and make sure I'm putting the right names on. You know, somebody might have had a child last year and I want to make sure I include them on the card. So just to keep my cards nice and current and, um, and correct, I have my lists. I used to use, um, Perkins and type out my list on the Perkins or Braille it out. I haven't done that for quite some time. I use my Braille display now, but there's no reason why you couldn't do it on a Perkins if you wanted to. So that kind of makes, gives you a good idea so that you hopefully don't forget um, to send a Christmas card to somebody really important. So as well as my lists of people who I send and I receive cards from or have received, um, I if I'm writing cards to people who can see and I to write them in print, Um, I still put something on the envelope it may be in the corner just to give me a clue who that card is to so that I don't have to go riffling through all the cards to find if somebody comes to visit me and I I know I've got a Christmas card for them it would take me forever to read through the print labels on the envelopes so I do use braille on the envelopes nobody's ever complained nobody seems to mind if their initials are in the corner of the card in braille they probably think it's just a special bit of Christmas magic I don't know but nobody's ever complained before so um, I do tend to do that and that helps me um what else on my Christmas cards um I suppose let's go on to how I do the braille ones because I still send um a certain amount of cards to friends who like to have braille cards and there are various ways of doing this and I'm sure I won't cover them all but the main ways I use to braille my Christmas cards if I have a card that is Nice, plain. It uh, hasn't got any glitter, anything that's going to uh, gunge up my Perkins. I'm sure there's no such word as, as gunge. But anyway, um, if it's not got glitter on it, it's a nice, easy card. I do sort of encourage my Perkins to take it. I might have to force it just a little bit if it's a bit thick, but it will go into the Perkins and I can braille it directly onto the card. My little message. Um, and that, of course, saves a little bit of um, labelling um products cost if I buy labels, which I'll come on to in a minute. So you can put cards into your Perkins. They've probably grown a little bit because cards can be quite thick, but I've had my Perkins oh since I think I think back 1967. So it's taken a few cards and it's not dead yet. So I don't think we should worry too much. As long as we're nice and careful and, and thoughtful to our Perkins it's fine. If the cards have got glitter and horrible stuff on that's going to upset my Perkins then I would use um labeling sheets are my favorite um, that you can get the adhesive um, labeling sheets I can put one in my Perkins write whatever message I want to write and then cut it to size and stick it into the card and that's another really useful way and what I like about that is if I want to put a little bit more in a card and if you imagine your card your pictures on the front and you open it if you were to braille on the left hand side of the inside of the card you would have like uh, dots going through your picture and it might spoil the picture a little bit whereas if you put a label in that side in the left hand side inner part of your card you can get away with that because it doesn't upset the picture on the outside so it means you can get extra braille in there for that slightly longer message if you want to write one so there we've got the Perkins way we've got the labelling way you've also got the braille labeler um, which is very popular with the Dymo tape in it for just little bits of messages that can be quite useful. I suppose it's a bit fiddly, really. But if you just want to braille a couple of words and you've got a labeler, I've got one of those and I do use it. And the nice thing about the labeler that I wanted to mention is that certainly mine has print around the labeler dial as well as braille so if for instance my husband wanted to braille me a card instead of writing it and let me struggle to read it um, he could although he doesn't know braille he could use the print symbols around the braille labeler braille me a card and put me a nice message in and I would be able to read it without struggling so that's a nice way as well for people who can see if they want to um, write a card to a braille user but they don't know braille so you've got braille labeler The last one I'm going to cover for now is the uh, slate and stylus or braille frames. Nothing to stop you doing a braille card with a braille frame, writing frame, if you're a braille frame user. Um, And the times I use that is if I've got a really wide card that won't fit in the Perkins, um, can't manage to locate any bits of label to use. Um, I know you can turn the card round and put it into the Perkins that way, but... I'm quite fussy and if the print is in one direction on the card I don't really like to put the braille in the opposite direction and um, perhaps that's just me being fussy but so then I would use in that situation I would use a slate and stylus or a braille frame um so that's a little bit about cards I'm sure that when the time comes you're going to have lots of ideas on how you do cards and And you can put pictures. I mean, we've had in previous years, we've had um, explanations from from wonderful people of how to put pictures, draw pictures with your Perkins. You can put Christmas trees on in Braille and all sorts. There's lots of good ideas out there for um, nice things to do with your cards. Um, I did mention about putting something on the envelopes in the corner of the envelopes, uh, just a little clue to me who the cards are for. And I do the same with my Christmas presents. We get quite a few around here. I've got grandchildren and so um, things get quite busy this time of the year and I've got lots of packages floating around and um, I find it really useful to put um a little bit of a clue on the gift tag in Braille for me so that when I'm sorting out the presents, it's got the print on, of course. And again, I've never had any complaints about having these um, funny dots on their presents. They're just so used to Braille, I suppose. They don't mind. Nobody's ever complained before. So I think it's a good, easy way of easily locating your presents so, uh, to hand them out to people. Um, so really, yes, cards, presents, even, I suppose, recipes, if you want to make that special, um, I don't know, bread sauce to go with your Christmas pudding, whatever, you know, uh, recipes. I've got lots of recipe books. I would use Braille for that. Um, not just Christmas, though, for any time of the year, um, I would use that. So really, um, that is a start of the things that I use for braille before I leave uh, things to Sean and I'll pass over to Sean in a minute she have a nice chat uh, about how she uses her braille I will just say that one of the really nice things that I use my braille for at Christmas um, and at all sorts of time of the year as well is games I would not be able to live without my braille cards um, I play with the grandchildren and and with the children, uh, although they're older now, of course. But we we do love playing cards, and I wouldn't be able to do that <clears throat> without my Braille cards or my Uno cards or whatever. I would hate not to be able to join in with that. So uh, that's my little bit on how I use my Braille at Christmas. What about you, then, Sean? Uh, what do you do with Braille?
2: Oh, um, you've you've covered a lot. Of the sort of things that that um, I would normally say, I especially liked when you were talking about in the in the Christmas cards putting the braille label in the cards. Um, I quite often go for the slate and stylus method if I'm writing in a card, just because of what you said about the card being a little bit too wide, or or things like that. But I actually like the idea of having if you've got that braille label and you can. Get it to the size of the card, um, um, as in if you can make it that size. Putting some braille on the left and the right hand side, if you need to, I think that's a, a brilliant idea. Because what I was thinking about was the fact that a lot of um, Christmas cards that I attend to buy, if I'm buying for friends who are also vision impaired, uh, have tactile pictures or designs on the front, or like already made. So, for me, I think that that's that's a really great way to do it. And some of the cards. that that I've seen uh, also have an inside kind of paper like flap bit like so it's almost like a cardboard outside and then an inner card on the inside made out of paper so that can sometimes make it a little bit interesting when you're trying to to braille on on a card so I think that that braille label idea is excellent as well as the slate and stylus. Um, I also what I like to do you mentioned recipes, so so braille obviously can be used in a lot of other ways um, other than doing cards and gifts and things and one of the things that i like to do when i am preparing christmas uh, things for people to eat for christmas dinner or christmas lunch um which is of course is in summer here so we're having quite different dishes um is i like to use braille recipes so so specific braille recipes that i have uh, at christmas time that i that i'm always that i've always got with me um and one of the things that i do enjoy making from time to time is is um braille christmas cookies but they've got braille like smarties or m&ms or something on the top so that you can feel the the different braille characters and i've got quite a good um uh, reception when i have created those because people are always asking me oh i've got i've got a character that looks like this what does that mean and then maybe they'll turn it upside down and they'll be like oh it's something else upside down so that creates some quite interesting discussion around the Christmas table saying oh you know first of all they have to actually figure out that it's it's Braille characters some people recognize it uh, straight away and some people don't So that's that's one of my really fun ways to use Braille and I also agree Mel about playing games with people whether it is is card games or board games that have Braille in them that's often a really nice way to pass the afternoon. Uh, when once you've had your your midday Christmas meal if you if you have it then Um, or or sort of step into the evening if if you've had a a lovely Christmas um, evening meal as well I remember lots of uh, fond times sitting with my my cousin or or my dad or or various people playing playing all sorts of different card games and board games over the over the time period and I also like to give those kinds of games or cards like packs of cards braille cards to people uh, as well as as gifts Um, sort of because that creates a really nice warm social atmosphere as well one of the things that I also have done in the past is when designing I guess so so when I think about wrapping gifts or preparing gifts to give to people I think about a really a way of making that process as tactile as possible so instead of using ordinary wrapping paper I might find something that has a little bit of a texture on it or I might add a ribbon or I might put it in a box I remember there was one time I put a a gift in a box that had magnets in it so that they they uh, could open the box nice and easily Uh, and finding different textures to decorate the outside of your packages as well and one of the things I remember doing was creating a gift for somebody that had I, I think we wrote their name on the outside of the box. But we used different textured Braille uh, braille dots with either Velcro or foam or material so that every dot had a, a different texture. And so when they, they felt the gift, it was almost at the beginning, that didn't, didn't quite realize what it was. And then when they were exploring the gift, they turned it sort of into landscape mode. So from portrait into landscape. And they discovered that actually the designs on the side were their name in Braille. So Braille doesn't necessarily only have to be used when when labeling things or writing things. You can really incorporate it well when wrapping things or designing these really tactile experiences for people. So for example, you could create Braille dots in uh, characters on the lid of a of a box, or as well as on the wrapping paper, or even just a, a character or two on the front of a card, or something. If you wanna, if you want to to be a little bit different, so those would be the extra things I would add to what you had to say, Mel.
1: Wow, I'd never thought of textures. That's fantastic. <laughs>
2: yeah, because it's about, but not just that. But I remember we sometimes we will create these um, kind of pass the parcel type experiences for people so we might have a smaller present that's wrapped in one layer of of paper that that feels a little bit rough and then a smoother layer and then we might put some cellophane on the outside or something like that so there's several layers to get through and perhaps you could include braille in each layer Um, and and even things like adding different textured ribbons or bows to just just create that because tactile experience because it's it's about really enjoying the experience of the the gift with your sense of touch and of course that's something that I'm really really passionate about is how do we really include that sort of multi-sensory experience and so if the, if the gift has a particular scent uh, or if you can create interest with that uh, unwrapping process it's just as fun as actually receiving the gift itself I, I find anyway Mm,
1: definitely Well, some really good points and things I'd never thought of so thanks so much for that Sean and <clears throat> it's, I wish I hadn't wrapped all my presents now because I think I, I want to redo them and put some textures on that's a really nice idea um I noticed we have Dave with us now and maybe before we we go back to Matthew to see um about any audience ideas from from our um our lovely people maybe um Dave might have something to add
3: Good evening, everybody. I was a bit late coming in. I had uh, a few uh, technicals there, but lovely to be with you and some fantastic uh, suggestions there already. Mel, I noticed you mentioned uh, Braille games at Christmas, and this is something that we are quite fond of in our house you mentioned uno of course for uh playing with grandchildren i don't have any uh grandchildren just yet i just want to uh, emphasize that point but um we like to play um scrabble um uh in- in- infamously i proposed to my wife on a braille scrabble board but that's a, uh, another story um but we do um we do like to play uh braille scrabble we could be missing a couple of lessons now we've got the old one you know remember the old uh one from RIB, where the tiles fit into the squares on the board. And then of course you've got the abbreviations for, you know, triple letter score, double letter score and all that, you know? Um, And uh, my, my claim to fame actually is uh, James Bowden, who I see is on the call. I think, I think I once beat him um, in about a hundred attempts. Monopoly as well, um, of course has Braille around the edge of the board in the, the squares and the, you know, the Braille cards and stuff like that. So, um, The thing about these games, I know they seem a bit old-fashioned, right, and a bit old hat when you've got all this kind of whiz-bang, you know, technology and all the rest of it, but actually there's something to be said for just getting around the table, you know, with a drink and, and a few people and just playing a board game and actually having a natter, you know, and you just sort of learn, you know, so much about each other and, um, you know, just get people to put their screens down for for a little while, you know, I just... Uh, I, I like that, but it's not just Braille, of course. Um, there are other uh, tactile games as well. You know, there's obviously things like chess and draughts and stuff like that. Um,
1: I mentioned Connect Four as well earlier on. That's tactile, isn't it? Now they do a Connect Four version.
3: It, it is they do, yeah. Do a version with the with the holes in, and of course, there's Bananagrams that you can get, which is a bit like Scrabble. Uh, you have um, letters on tiles, and you can you can get that from. Um, R and there are other um, braille games on there besides There's lots of uh, tactile games many of us um you know mourn for the the loss of the slate color uh, games you know the things like the snakes and ladders and stuff where they etched out lines on the board with uh, colored sand or i ab- believe ab- ab- so uh, yeah you know tactile games big big part of um of our christmas holiday i would say oh
1: definitely as to and of course there's nothing to stop us from brailing our own games you know so if we want to be a bit more modern and uh perhaps i don't know one of our like my grandchildren or my children've had a harry potter game or something for christmas that they desperately want me to play there's nothing to stop you actually adapting the the off the shelf games you know if you're a little bit uh um inventive with the braille so yeah there's lots of options out there aren't there and of course we didn't mention books I even left books for you Dave because there's nothing nicer than reading a Christmas story I have every year I have a tradition that I read a Christmas story with not literally with my grandchildren because they live a long way away from me um but I read it in braille they read it with their mum and dad and um and we have these co- these conversations, which chapter you up to, oh, goodness knows, oh, how, how isn't it exciting? And so we do that every year. I wouldn't be able to do that really um as easily without Braille,
3: yeah. I mean, something I heard you know uh, a while ago, you know, and i I mean, I want to keep it upbeat, but you know, a, a, a sort of a game you can play um where Braille might might support it is um desert Island discs. If you've got an older relative actually and it's somebody whose memories you want to capture actually suggesting why don't we record an episode of desert island discs and you could be the host and your relative could be the guest and you ask them to come up with their their list and so on but you can sort of plan it out and have your notes in braille You know, for the for the recording. So this is, uh, I'm sure people in the UK are familiar with the format. It's a it's a a radio 4 show where typically celebrities and well known people come along and they choose, you know, songs that they uh, have meant something to them throughout their lives. So it tends to be people who are a bit kind of later on in their uh, lives, and then they can choose to take a luxury item and a. You know, and a maybe a a book or something, and and so you go and go and find out, go and listen to the program and find out what you know how the format works, and then make your own and record it with your your relative, and it's a lovely thing to to have for uh, you know sort of perpetuity or whatever the word is, and and you know to pass down to to grandchildren and and people like that in in the future, and you know something like that could be supported with um with braille you know or other family like parlor games you know where you've got the clues or whatever it is in braille so you don't have to kind of go to the trouble of of brailing up a whole set of cards you know against humanity or or whatever I mean, you can do that of course if you want to but um you know other games might involve or other activities or the memorable things you know place names maybe at the christmas table you know you could put braille on there i suppose if you had a big family and you wanted to kind of share your your love of braille if you're having a lot of people over at christmas uh, or you could stick some braille jokes and some crackers or something like that so lots of different ways you can be creative
2: that reminds me of of one experience that we we created was we made a very tactile um, Christmas table at one time and on the Christmas table at each person's place setting there was a, a little card with their, their name on it and the challenge was that, that everybody had to find where they were sitting based on their their braille name that was on the card and there was like little little um a, a cheat sheet and little cards around so that so that people who were also sighted could also find their own names and it gave us a good chance to help them out <laughs> too if they if, if somebody just couldn't figure it out. So just those kinds of experiences even at the Christmas table you can you can incorporate braille that way as well. Absolutely. And I'm and I'm sure that
1: Um, There are lots of people now with other ideas we've come up with ours and we've made a really good start but I bet there's more out there so uh, maybe as we're, we're nearly halfway through already so perhaps it's time to go back to Matthew we've already had a hand raised I think so um, I know we've got we've got some offerings already uh, over to you Matt to let everyone know how to raise their hands
0: well thank you Mel and yes indeed we have a hand raised from Claudia already so we're going to come to Claudia first and after Claudia we also have a hand raised from James Bowden so we're going to come to james next claudia hello uh welcome in you are now unmuted
4: hello everyone i haven't got much to share other than that i borrowed my presents once and i used double-sided sellotape so like so you know one it would because i ran out of the adhesive sheets so i used ordinary braille paper to borrow the names and then i used double-sided type to kind of stick the name on the presents and my dad was very excited when we did it uh, because he mom, only my mom knows braille my dad doesn't so he i was helping him out and he was very excited uh, and apart from that i have uh, two questions and they are actually regarding the monopoly game and uh, the braille scrabble game I was looking for a monopoly and I can't find it anywhere. Doesn't anybody know of any source? I know Cobalt used to do them, but they don't do it anymore. So, does anybody know who else does it?
3: I would have said Cobalt, uh, but if they don't have it, then I'm I'm sorry about that. The the reason RNIB doesn't have it, uh, currently is that we we did find one that was manufactured in America, um, but it wasn't we weren't allowed to sell it in in the UK there was some boring you know regulation why we couldn't sell it it was oh
4: yeah the copyright and the taxes and stuff probably
3: no it was to do with um the materials it, there was something in the construction of the product that wasn't licensed for use in the UK like some particular type of um plastic or something like that so um but the hunt continues you know so we do need a new uh, game developer or manufacturer to to work with us on that? Yeah,
4: because I spoke to Cobalt either it was in Birmingham or in our event when we held it in October I speak to them and they said they they had it but they stopped producing it because there was not much taker. so they just you know, kind of stopped doing it which is really a shame, I don't think they should have stopped it but well, they stopped it there's nothing we can do about it and yeah, has the brow scrabble because I we have a brow scrabble, but has it has the design changed though? Because I found the board it was really awkward to use, the was falling off. So I was wondering whether the newer version is I don't know more stable because like you know when you read the the, the letters they just kind of when we did play they, they they kept kind of like falling off. So so is the new design any better or
3: well. Look, personally, I prefer the original design just because it's probably the one I grew up with. Um, the new design uh, is is certainly different. There are, I think, little crosses in the uh, sort of the intersections where squares meet. Do feed that back, though. Do let the helpline know and ask them to pass it on to the products team. They need to hear that feedback, so then they can go back to the supplier.
4: Oh, I mean, I haven't seen the new one, so I can't. Say. I only, saw, yeah, I only saw the old one, so that's why I was, I was, I was wondering whether, you know, I can't say. I, I, I have, you know, I can't say mm. any.
3: I mean, but they do sell it, and uh, it is, um, you know, it is available, so you could get it and try it.
4: Oh yes, yes. I was just going to buy it for our for our charity where I teach Brio, but as I say we've got the old version so I didn't know there was a newer version so it's good to know uh, because maybe we could buy the newer version and see which one we get better with because it's not only Braille, it's actually, you know there are people who are playing actually Brio. so you know they don't read it they don't move their fingers over the title as quickly as 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 we do so maybe that's the was the way they are not kind of you know stable enough i'm not sure but i'll mention to the to them about the newer design so thank you for that noise thank
1: you for the suggestion about the double-sided tape radio i would never have thought of that so that's a really useful one it
4: was my dad's idea i would have never because i was thinking of using a, a glue and you know just using an ordinary paper and you know and then my dad yeah he, he just this tape out, and, and you know, so one obviously one side was sticking to the, the wrapping paper, and the other to the brow, the, the cutout label. You know, it's like, oh, that's you know, as I say, I would have never thought,
0: yeah, the double sided sticky tape is um underrated, isn't it? It's it's absolutely fantastic, and it's much better than glue.
4: Oh, yeah, it's less messy. You only have to cut the the tape, and no, you know, no more wrapping paper that doesn't get there and anything is great. Yeah.
0: Well, that, and also, if you do use glue, then you wet the paper, and so the braille dots can get a bit soggy, and that doesn't happen with double sided tape quite so much.
4: Yeah, and I also would like to thank you, Mel, for mentioning that you can. Well, I never thought of of it really that you can braille your cards with the braille st- with the slate and stylus because I. Uh, I don't have a Perkins. I have a different braille because of my cerebral palsy. And I've got my braille from Poland and because I'm originally from Poland. And um, I never thought to... So what I do is I only use the the labeling sheets and then I put them on the cards. Uh, But again, there is a cutting problem because I can't really cut myself.
1: Yeah. So yeah, you can put them in the in the slate. It's uh, it's quite useful to do this. Worth a try. Have a little practice, see how you get on.
4: Yeah, exactly. And then I can get the label and label the name there and it'll be just easy because I can just cut it, you know, the narrowest strip of paper and that'll be Easier. so yeah thanks for for the suggestions as well (laughs) it's a pleasure good luck
0: (laughs) there you go and thank you claudia for uh coming along and sharing your ideas and uh and being involved we are gonna move on because we have quite a few hands raised now uh we're gonna go to james next after james we're gonna go to julia before we do that though an interesting curveball of a question from yvonne in the chat who says Does anybody know if you can get Christmas crackers with Braille inside?
1: I've never seen them, but
2: I would stand corrected if anyone has. I haven't either. Um, I have, I no, I I don't think I have seen anything with, any Christmas crackers with. Have to be homemade
1: ones, I think.
2: Yeah, that's what I was thinking myself. You'd have to make them yourself. Uh, Not that I have ever done that, so...
0: (laughs) Well, there you go. Well, if anyone knows, then uh, drop a note in the chat or pop your hand up and, uh, and perhaps we'll get that question answered for you. For now, uh, James Bowden, you are next in line and after James will come to Julia. So uh, James, good evening. You're now unmuted.
5: Thank you. So I have a tip. Well, two tips, but I'll give you just one. How do you know that you're brailing your Christmas cards the right way up? And uh, I putting the braille on the right-hand side, not the left-hand side, upside-down. Because I have received cards written totally the wrong way up, rotated through 180 degrees, if you like. And the answer is, if you close the card, the front picture of the card is ever so slightly wider than the back of the card. So you just close the card and just check which is the, the slightly larger surface and that will be the front of the card.
0: Well, there you go. I can safely say I have not noticed that.
5: Um... <laughs> it's only a couple of millimeters. I'm
2: scrabbling around looking for a card, James, because I don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about it now and, and realizing that I probably have. I, I remember feeling cards like that, but I hadn't taken any notice of it. I was just like, oh, well, that oh, that that's unusual, but I hadn't noticed it, uh, you know, consciously.
5: The reason is that when you close the card for a sighted person, if the, if it, if they if the, was too narrow. You see a strip of white down the right-hand side, ah, which would be unsightly. So that's why the front is always ever so slightly bigger.
2: Oh, wow! That's a great tip.
1: Thanks, James. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's brilliant.
5: Do you want another one? Stamps. How do you know you? How do you know your British stamps are the right way up?
0: It sounds like a Christmas cracker joke, doesn't it? <laughs> it <is.
5: laughs> no, it's 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 not a Christmas cracker joke. It, it's totally it's totally it's totally straight. Um. The edges of stamps are serrated, standard British stamps anyway. I can't talk for other countries. Um, And the vertical sides towards the bottom, there's a slightly bigger indent. So when when that indent's on the sides and it's towards the bottom, you know, you've got the stamp the right way up. Now, unfortunately, that does not apply to Christmas stamps, which is really annoying. And I've mentioned it for years. I've discovered that if you buy your stamps in books, there's a piece of sticky, you know, sort of self-adhesive stuff, a strip just down the right-hand side of the book. Don't understand why it's the right-hand side, but it seems to be that way. And that helps you get your stamps the right way up.
2: Wow.
0: Thank you, James. A couple of uh, very, very good top tips there. We might be uh, resurfacing those next year.
1: I think we definitely might. And do you know what what I really like about that, James, is that most of the time the assumption is there in many, many um, groups that people run generally of visually impaired people, um, people losing their vision quite often have still got some useful vision, even if it's just that they can see the difference between a picture on the Christmas card and the blank back of the card. So it's nice actually to have something that really does cater for people who can't see at all. That's why I'm really keen on those tips.
0: All right, so um, next we're going to come to Julia Cosgrove. Um, After Julia, we're going to come to, um, now I'm going to try and pronounce this name correctly, (laughs) we're going to come to Anne uh, Neolisa. So, um, Julia, you're now unmuted. Good evening.
6: Right, good evening, Um, Matthew. Yes, uh, about the cards. Yes, I've known for years that the the front's slightly larger than the back uh, because that's the way I normally do it. And uh, so uh, that is uh, something useful. Also about putting them in the Perkins. Um, yeah, they can be a little bit fiddly. Never put the left side in unless it's it's plain, of course. Um, but I often put it the other way around, Otherwise, it doesn't fit. Um, but there's another way of doing that. And that is, some cards have um thin paper in the middle, so. Um, you can write the print on the uh, paper in the middle, and write the braille on the the back. Well, the uh, back bit of the card. So that's one way of doing it. Um, for a long time, um, I had a job looking for labels where you can write inside all the label. A lot of labels that just uh, have the picture, and you don't want to write on the picture. But you can li- get little packs of label. Five five each in twenty um labels in a pack, five each in a group, as it were. And they open like the little book, so you can write inside, plain inside, and the pictures outside. So and uh, they have a stick with um stickers at the back, or most of them have string now, so that's a useful um way of doing things. Um Putting names in the card, I got a bank's braille people were talking about those the other week, but I find it still very useful because it's smaller than other things. Certainly the braille isn't that good, but you can write names and lists and bits and pieces. So I write um, a tape well, full of names, say 30 names, and then tear each one off, put it in the card, so I know who the card belongs to and know which parcel to put it with. So uh, those are the things um, which uh, I do anyway. Good idea using the uh, double-sided sellotape. A little bit fiddly though, but uh, anyway. And um, yes, writing. I like put little messages on blank parcels and just put sellotape onto it, rather than wasting um, the uh, braille stuff, which is useful and uh, long-lasting. Uh, the sticky um ones so uh anyway uh, that's the way i go about things so uh, back to you
0: thank you julia for um sharing those tips let's go to Anne. hello Anne. you're now unmuted
7: seasons greetings to you all um i just have a few ideas that um people might be able to use uh, during this festive season um especially with um uh, like uh, Sean, Sean was just talking about gift wrapping um, one thing that you might want to use if you don't want to use um, traditional wrapping paper is using wallpaper um, because wallpaper has different textures to it and um, has different um, yeah um, it, it even has different fabrics uh, that you could use um, that might be interesting to use as um, to wrap your gifts um, something that you might want to also do if you haven't already um, decorated your trees is um, with the Christmas balls you can actually put uh, braille on it um, so you can put family members, friends family, whoever um, uh, braille onto those, um, those uh, onto um, a-, a labeler for example and um, stick them onto those uh, Christmas balls or all the different ornaments that you might have um, uh, what was mentioned earlier was about games and I thought about um, one that wasn't mentioned and one that you can potentially play is um, dom- dominoes. and um, yeah, that might be a good game to sit down with everyone and it doesn't have anything except dots on it so <laughs> um, I thought that might be an interesting one to play around the table as well so yeah that's that's what I wanted to share thank you oh.
1: Ah, and thank you so much for reminding us about dominoes. My goodness, I've got some dominoes up in the attic that we haven't used for years. So um, I shall go and retrieve those now and play it with the children. So thank you so much for that and for all your suggestions too. That's brilliant.
2: And wallpaper. I never thought to use um, wallpaper to every gift. <laughs> brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I was, I was thinking, what? Wallpaper? And then I was thinking, oh, like all the different textures of wallpaper that I have felt over the years. And I was thinking, wow, like, you know, if you've got some, lying around somewhere from a from a um redecorating job you can absolutely use that. Yeah, really
7: tactile. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's
2: brilliant. Thanks Anne, that's awesome.
7: Merry Christmas everyone. Yeah, and to you. <laughs>
0: Merry Christmas to you too. We're going to come to Terry uh, next. Um after Terry we're going to come to Jane Sellers. So Terry, you are now unmuted. Hello.
8: Yes, hello everybody. Um if you don't have double-sided um sticky tape uh, you you can use uh, regular um, single-sided tape and you roll it into a you make it into a loop so that it becomes double sided um and then you put you have to make the loop big enough so that it will actually work on the the package or uh, whatever you're trying to do the double-sided thing for. And um, you, you put, you make the loop and you put one side of that now sticky loop on your package or on your, uh, the bottom piece. And then you, put the the card or the label or whatever else on the top part of that loop so it it and then you just have to press it down really hard so that it it uh, doesn't pop up because it could it, it i suppose it could pop up but usually i find that that works if you don't have the double sided tape handy um another thing i used to do was uh when i was using my uh electric typewriter, if I wanted to type notes to friends, I would use uh, like four by six sheets of paper, put those in the typewriter and type my notes to my sighted friends and um now i I want to try and and then I used to have a device where I could uh it it used um uh like cash register type tape and, and I could hook that up to uh, the device that had this, this tape in it and I could type notes that way. Now I'm hoping uh, um, that I can use this other device that I bought, a real small portable printer kind of thing uh, that, that uses similar types of paper. And I'm hoping I can connect that to my laptop but I haven't tried it yet and uh, type notes in print to people that way. And also for those of us in the States uh, who don't know what a Christmas cracker is, we think of crackers as something you eat, but I kind of don't think that Christmas crackers are, that's not what they are definitely not edible. So somebody might want to, if we have time, quickly explain to folks uh, what a Christmas cracker is.
1: Oh, no, you don't have crackers in the States, and I didn't know that.
8: If we do, I've never been aware of them.
1: I've also heard them called bonbons. Oh, bonbons, yeah, that's that's another word that I've heard them uh, use. It's basically uh, um, something that you can pull each end of it, and it's, it's a sort of a cylinder, and they, they make a, a little bang or a pop noise, and there's a present in the middle. You, you know, one person at each end, they pull it, so if somebody gets a present and a silly Christmas hat and all sorts. And the, we we have this thing about Christmas cracker jokes because um, they're something probably very British and very silly and I'm sure they get worse each year. And they're the, they're the one time that I'm quite glad I can't read print because they're usually awful and in really poor taste. So um, that's what a Christmas cracker is. It's just a jokey thing that you, you pull at Christmas with
2: a friend or relative. So hopefully that explains it, Terry.
8: Yes. And Merry Christmas to everyone!
2: And sometimes they can be quite hard to pull as well, so it depends on when when it's done in the day as to as to how much carnage results. It's, it's sort of trying to pull the Christmas cracker across the table.
3: <laughs> so typically, you find Christmas crackers on the Christmas table, and the tradition is that you pull them uh, before or just after the uh, the meal, usually before. And uh, there is a kind of a mild sense of jeopardy um around who will win the the poll because whoever ends up with most of the cracker is a judge to have won uh that particular poll but then usually at the end you know everybody distributes everything evenly but as a uh, as a dad i reserve the right to have um an unreasonable amount of joy from uh, christmas cracker jokes and they're usually you know terrible Terrible things like you know where does a fish keep its money in a in a
0: riverbank, you know that kind of thing, you
1: know moving swiftly on, moderator, I think that's the time to move swiftly on.
0: <laughs> there was a wonderful cracker joke involving deep pan crisp and even,
1: yes, something to do obviously something to do with pizza, that's right, yeah,
0: oh dear, what sort of pizza did good Kigues last like, or something like that wasn't it? There was <laughs> deep pan <laughs> crisp and even. <laughs> so <laughs> oh dear well thank you uh thank you terry and uh yes a happy christmas to you too and uh and also lovely to see uh michael uh in the chat there wishing us all a happy christmas so happy christmas to you too um and uh, the last hand so far and we've only got about 10 minutes left so it may be the last hand although if one more person wants to talk we may be able to fit them in after this one but uh for now we're going to go to the last one uh which is uh jane sellers And Jane, you are now unmuted. Good evening.
9: Good evening, Matthew and everybody. I really enjoyed listening in. Um, I like James' idea about the stamps and the cards. That was really interesting. But my point is, I've got the Dymo Labeler and I've got very old tape, very new tape, and the old tape prints absolute load of rubbish because it's really faint. What I want to know is, who invented the tape and why is it not brilliant all the time because every time I've tried to use it recently um, I've got the latest Dymo gun and you push the tape in and you have to press it as hard as anything to actually get a letter produced do you know what that is simple answer I don't know why
1: um I'm not having any problem with with mine Jane so I wonder if it might be the labeler
9: because I've only had, I haven't had the labeler very long
0: no, did you say you had some old uh, tape and some new tape, Jane? Yes, I had some old tape. Yeah, so I have a feeling this may be part of the problem because Dymo, I mean, I don't know who invented it, but but Dymo is actually a brand of label um, machine and, and label tape. Um, and there are other brands available. And so actually the RNIB machine technically is not a Dymo machine, although everybody calls it a Dymo machine because that's what we know it as. It's a, it's a Ryzen machine, I think.
1: The new one is, yes.
0: Yeah. And what's possibly happening is that RNIB's supplier of tape, of labelling tape, may have changed. And the tape itself may be slightly thicker than the older tape. And this may be the cause of the problem. Now that you say it, um, I have one of the six dot label printers. And in fact, I'm starting to wonder whether this isn't a problem because it's jamming on labelling tape.
9: That's what I've got. I've got a problem when I put the tape in earlier on, it was jamming and it wouldn't go through.
0: I'm wondering if actually the tape is just slightly too thick and it may be worth just buying some, Um, it, it's either 9mm tape or 12mm tape.
9: I think it's 9
0: Yeah, the, the six dot machine only takes 9mm tape. The The RNIB gun will take 9mm and 12mm tape. But it might be worth just buying some tape that's not from and I B. <laughs> Go on Amazon or something, get some tape that's possibly a bit thinner.
1: Just normal stationary tape.
0: Yeah, because nothing special about it. It's just labelling tape. Um, so just buy a buy a roll of labelling tape. I see J- uh, James has got his hand up, um, so I'll come to James uh, to answer that question about Dymo tape, possibly. Um, hiya, James. You're now
5: unmuted. Yeah, so it's not just the – you're talking about the width of the tape being nine mil or 12 mil there's also the thickness of the tape and that unfortunately you don't have a control of particularly there's only one thickness that's ever given uh, and it's not really specified i have actually bought um tape from high street stationer before the only difference was the rnb sell a clear transparent one so you can still see the print underneath or whatever is underneath i didn't find one of those in the high street stationer Now your 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 six dot labelling machine that probably does supposed to take thinner tape.
0: Yeah. And it in fact makes sense that you can't buy clear tape, because I wonder how print would look on clear tape. Um so I suppose it's not something that they ask for very often.
9: Thank you. Merry Christmas. Thank you, Jane, and to
7: you. <laughs>
0: We have one more hand, which I will come to, uh, from Sandy Bannister, and I think that will be our last one of the evening. So, um, Sandy, hello. You're now unmuted.
1: Hi. Um, I just wanted to come back on the Braille labels, and Mel, I've just sent your message about that. Um, sometimes I've had the same problem with the Dymo being faint, and it's worth checking, um, and getting somebody who can see clearly. That you haven't got little, little bits of the of the Dymo tape stuck within the machine. I've had that problem before now, and I've had to get somebody, um, you know, to to basically clean it out and start again. So Jane, that might just be worth checking. It's a problem I've had in the past. That's a really good point, actually, Sandy, because I've had that problem myself and I should have thought of it. Um, and they're very, very fine bits, Jane. Um, when, when you cut the tape with the machine, um, as you cut it, sometimes a tiny, tiny sliver of tape comes off and gets stuck. And after a while, they do um, mount up and they clog up and they're not obvious. So, yeah, thanks for that, Sandy, because it's well worth thinking about.
0: Thank you, Sandy. Um, and since we do have one more hand and we do have about four minutes to go, I will take the, the final hand, having said that Sandy will be the last one. Uh, this is a hand from uh, someone who I think may be new to the list, or certainly new to put the hand up. So hello, welcome in to Luis Carlos Pistelli. I hope I've pronounced your name correctly. Uh, you are now unmuted. Hello there. Welcome in.
4: OK,
2: thank you. Uh, just to say Merry Christmas for everybody. Thank you for inviting me to participate in this group. Congratulations and Merry, Merry Christmas for everyone. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I'm glad you've enjoyed the session and hopefully it's been useful. Lovely to hear you. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Luis. Uh, Lovely to uh, hear your voice. We do have... One more hand. And uh, (laughs) I keep saying it's the last one, don't I? So we do have to sort this out at some point. We've got one from James and we've got one from Karen. Um, I am going to take Karen's first um, and then I will take James. And then we really do have to start to wrap up. So uh, Karen, uh, there we go. I've got to ask you to unmute. uh, So I will. Oh, there we go. I think that's worked. I think we might be able to hear you. Hello there.
4: Okay, I was trying to add this in the chat menu, and I can't seem to get that to work. But I live in the US, and some of the small Christmas stores here do have crackers. I've purchased them in the past, and they are a lot of fun.
1: Oh, that's good to know that they do exist
0: then. That's brilliant. Thank you very much. I've accidentally pressed the mute button. Um, I didn't actually mean to mute you <laughs> quite so suddenly there, but... Um, but um, but yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for, for sharing that and thank you for coming in. And um,
1: That's brilliant because Terry can now go and have a look for them, you see. So that's that's great. <laughs> Thanks, Karen.
0: Absolutely. And, and one more, we will go back to James and then we really are going to call it a night. So James, uh, hello there for the final time. Uh, you're now unmuted.
5: Thank you. I have another tip, which is not just for Christmas, but for all year round, as they say. If you are writing a print letter, How do you know where to sign it? So this is a tip actually for Microsoft Word and you'll need a tactile ruler. So When I was taught to write letters, they're taught to hit new lines about six times. So there's a good space between the your sincerely or love you lots or whatever, and your printed name. And then you write, you handwrite your signature in that space. But how do you know where on the page that is? In Microsoft Word, if you press F6, you will get to the status bar. If you then press Shift-F10 or right-click or whatever application's key and cursor down the menu, one of the options in that list is called vertical page position, and it will tell you how far down the page you are which is really, really helpful. So you can say, okay, I now know that yours faithfully was at, I don't know, 4.5 inches and your name was at six inches. So you've got a good inch and a half that you can write anywhere between that. Get a tactile ruler out, measure from the top of the page that far down, turn the ruler around and there you go. You can write your signature in the right place.
0: Well, there you go. Thank you, James, uh, for sharing that. That could be very useful for writing those Christmas letters uh, that we sometimes have to write, um, and indeed uh, for all the year round. So, there we are. Some fabulous tips from our audience. Uh, Thank you very much for coming. And uh, some fabulous tips as well from Mel um, and Sean. Thank you very much for facilitating that discussion. And uh, if I started the meeting, it seems only fitting that I turn it over to the chair of the Braylist Foundation, Dave Williams, to finish the meeting off.
3: Thank you very much, everybody. We appreciate all your contributions this evening. I want to take this opportunity to thank our volunteers, Mel Pritchard, Shell Griffiths, Uh, Sean, Sean, I'll get it right. Sean Griffiths, put my teeth in. uh, Too many Christmas cracker jokes, I think. And uh, Matthew Horsepool for facilitating the session this evening. But also, I want to thank all our volunteers, some behind the scenes throughout the year, who bring the Braylist Foundation to you. It wouldn't be possible uh, without all of those guys. So I wish them all a very relaxing Christmas and I hope that yours is a good one and you stay safe we are going to be winding things down. Of course, the Brailleist Forum is still available over the um, holidays, and you can of course catch up on any podcasts that you've uh, missed as well on the uh, BrailleCast. Thank you so much for your company throughout 2023. Uh, Take care, have a safe and enjoyable Christmas, and we will see you uh, on the 4th of January 2024 for World Braille Day. But from myself, Dave Williams, and the rest of the Brailleist.
0: Foundation team. Bye for now. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of BrailleCast Extra. You can find more Braille-related content by subscribing to BrailleCast, all one word, in your podcast client of choice, or listening to BrailleCast, connecting the dots for brailleists everywhere on your smart speaker. For the latest information about future Braylists events and how to join live, subscribe to our weekly email newsletter at braillists.org newsletter slash sign up. You can also visit our events page at braillists.org events. If you have comments on this recording or suggestions of topics or guests for future events, we'd love to hear from you. Please email help at braylists.org. You can also find The Braylists on Twitter, at Braylists or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Foundation. Finally, if you like what you've heard, spread the word. We welcome new listeners and live participants alike, so if you know other people who are interested in Braille, please tell them where to find us. In the meantime, on behalf of everyone at The Braylists, thanks for listening, and bye for now.